ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm Andrew Harris. And I'm Andrew Decker. And I'm looking at Mr. Decker. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. You know what? I love Falls in Texas. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. For those of you who are not uh, Christian by nature, praise whoever you want to. I mean, I good care. God, just thank right? your lucky I'm, stars. I'm, it's, it's supposed to be in the, it's supposed to be in the 40s. In a few days. I, yeah. Yeah. I now love that's it. That's a low, but you know what I'm gonna do when it's when it's forty degrees outside? Put on a sweater? I'm gonna go swimming in my pool. It's <laughs> well. gonna it's gonna be great. I have waited for this moment, man. I after like three months of me complaining about the Texas heat, you know, it's it is it's just really nice not to be in triple digit weather anymore. Yeah, and and probably won't see it again until next summer. We yeah, right. I mean the this kind of weather is uh uh, at least the fall weather is kind of like an estranged family member, don't you think? It, yeah. Every once in a while, it just rears its head, and it surprises you. And surprises you, yeah. yeah. And and in this case, we're really thankful for it. But a lot of times, when that Mr. occurs, that might be one of your best segues you've done. And I want to I want to compliment you on that. It's been a rough couple months. Man, <laughs> you, you, you've had some terrible segues. I, that one was appropriate. It was well timed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it was on topic. You know, I, I think uh, I, I think the longer we do this podcast thing, you, our skills sharpen, and we start to experiment <laughs> a little bit. And sometimes it just doesn't land, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like when you two put the, uh, the whole uh, album out on Apple Music and basically everyone had to download it. Oh yeah, yeah the U two the U two album yeah 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 that was a mistake right a good album but what the hell man yeah exactly not everybody <laughs> wanted it and U two and Apple I think both suffered uh, momentarily they're doing fine now but uh, we kind of you kind of went through that phase there for a while there Mr. Harris with you the know, segues what can I say now uh, let's come back to the estranged family members being an unwelcome guest right so. Uh, I, I, you know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people, and we'll get into some, like, you know, some, some real cases that we've dealt with here, but a lot of people have strange family dynamics, um, right. where, you know, people just don't really get along. Uh, right. And, and we've that's, done, we've done a little bit of this on one of our Christmas specials. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we are coming up on the holidays. We will probably do another one on family <laughs> violence cases and right. et cetera. But these are not family, not really family violence cases. That's yeah, not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about um, where a family member who's been a, not around, not close. It's not like they live down the street and nobody talks to them. That's that's states away, right? We're talking states away. Haven't seen them in years. Sometimes not been in really any contact or very minimal contact. Yeah. Maybe phone only, and they come in and with swooping accusations accuse fraud or assault or both um, neglect uh, abandonment in, in right. one case um, and you end up with people who are terrified detectives that have very little to go on and what what do you do I mean it's truly bizarre yeah sometimes you know the you you do the best with what you got and and the law may not be clear or provide a clear pathway forward on handling this case you've had a couple of these instances recently 
I had one about a year ago that, that we'll kind of talk about that's, you know, ended up working out. Um, but let's go ahead and start with, uh, with one of yours since it's kind of fresh off uh, on your mind. Yeah, both of these are, cur- uh, they're wrapping up. Um, yeah. And, and, I see, and I see good, good turns coming and everything seems to be falling our way. Um, one of them, uh, son, adult son, uh, is taking care of aging mom. She has been in slow decline, and she recently went into a nursing home. Okay. And mom will text son and say, hey, will you pick me up? Mom's got a sweet tooth. Will you pick me up some ice cream? Will you pick me up? She also is a smoker. Will you pick me up some cigarettes? Yeah. So he'll stop by uh, an ice cream shop and a tobacco store, pick up a few things, take them to mom, check on her, make sure she's okay, and then... Zell money from mom back to him to cover the cost. Okay. Seem pretty reasonable? Yeah. Something families do all the time. Sure. Yes. He's not a co-signer on the account. Okay. And he's not a power of attorney. Okay. Right? Still not seeing a problem. Well, he doesn't really have authority to move money out of the account. At her direction, he can. Sure. But prove that up. Well... Yeah, I mean, I get, I get where this is going. I, I would think so long as it's not draining her account, and he can tie it back to from his account. Like I'm just reimbursing myself for things that I've bought for her care. I mean, yeah, I, yeah it it seems it seems like what every family would do. Yeah, it's normal to 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 use legal terms in the normal course of business. Is this what happens all the time? Right. Well, and I'm thinking too, like, okay, say. We'll get into potential charges and all that, but say it goes to a jury. You think a jury is going to convict that man if, you know, mom may not, depending on her capacity, may not be able to testify, but but they'll take the complaint, and then I imagine your guy would testify and say, these are the corresponding expenses that add mm-hmm. up to exactly what's transferring out. Right, or I very mean, close to it. Right. Um, uh, you know, and it, some of them were like, Hey, uh, I know you're coming over this afternoon. Do you want to pick up some dinner or take me to dinner? Sure. And we can run a couple of errands. And so it's an expense like that. Well, yeah. I mean, and even sometimes if with a picture of them at dinner taken the same day, you know, it's like. So that all seems very normal until sister from other state comes in. Okay. And goes in to mom. And has a power of attorney signed and a medical power of attorney signed. And interestingly, I, I think the daughter could be in some real problems. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm, I'm seeing because some issues. She doesn't have it signed at the nursing center. She has it signed according to the address of the two uh, officiants. Um, the witnesses or what? The, the witnesses, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the affidavit witnesses. The uh, affiants, yeah, yeah, witnesses. yeah. That works. Yeah. yeah anyway, um, I think we understand. If they, you're confused they, they, about that, they, let they us give, know. They, yeah. If if I'm confused about that, let me know. <laughs> they give an address of a local business. Both of them. All right. Please tell me the local business is like a smoke shop or a strip club or something. How about a car toys? Oh. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. She takes her to a car toys. And do we know who these witnesses are? Are they friends or are they just randos? I think they may just be randos. But because it's a signature and this address 
how would you ever find that person? Yeah. Right, because are they That's are not kosher. Are they random? That happened in Texas? Yeah. Okay. And the notary is not a local notary. It's somebody from across the state. Like if you look up their notary number, right, it gets real creepy real fast, right? And the sister then goes to the police department and says, my brother's been stealing from my mom for the last three years. And then the bank, because she notifies the bank as well, seizes almost $8,000 in his assets because there's been a fraud notice. Jeez. This is so, why I don't keep my money in banks. You know, I keep it <laughs> old school in my mattress. It's lumpy as hell. But <laughs> nobody's freezing those assets. You know what I mean? So the check, the check you gave the landlord... Just tread that. It's not worth anything. Just give me a couple days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. So, okay. So some issues that I have, right, is, you know, one, obviously, I think the fraud is actually being committed by the sister. Right. I Uh, I think so, too. If there is fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, like, let's say, you know, there's a, a, a contested will at some point in time when mom passes. That, that, I think, any you know, trust and estates, guardianship, wills type attorney would have a field day with that document. Um, and, you know, that notary probably committed a crime as well. So this is getting very interesting. Yeah. All right. So I imagine your client is the brother. So what happens? Brother comes to you, yeah, tells you what's going on. Yeah, brother comes to me a couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, not quite two weeks. Um, and brings me lots of documentation, sits down, and this man is terrified. because I imagine. I imagine. a call from the... Well, first of all, his wife tries to use their debit card at a pizza shop picking up dinner on the way home, and they decline it, so they call the bank. Yeah. The next business day, going, hey, what happened? Right? Thinking, you know... Right. We've all tried to run our card, and the bank puts out a, uh, you know... Yeah, fraud yeah. notice and we got to call and clear it and everything's fine. Sure. So they weren't terribly nervous, but it's like, hey, it didn't work. You know, what's going on? Um, and they were like, well, uh, all we can tell you is that there's been uh, a fraud allegation against you. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of police departments contact him. Yeah, that is terrifying. Right. And one of them's like, hey, this is fraud against an elderly person. Right, so we know we're already at felony, regardless of the amount. Yeah, and this guy is—he's—he's he's as white as a ghost when he comes to my office. Um, we sit down, and I spend—I spend a lot of time with him. Um, and I didn't, you know, you—you—I you, I didn't bill him for this because yeah, I was yeah. just like, let, let me talk to you. And truly, a lot of it was talking him down and going, "I don't think they have a case. I think they have some problems. I think you've got good defenses." But it doesn't mean they won't bring one. Right. Um, so I sent him off with some instructions and said, if you need me, call me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, most of the stuff, the detective actually calls him and says, hey, I don't think you were doing anything wrong. I can't get a hold of the uh, sister um, who's taken mom now back out of state. Because she's a God. power of attorney and moved her. That's terrible. Terrifying, too. Yeah, for a while, the guy didn't even know where his mom is. And mom's on dialysis. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It, it's it's 
terrifying. I don't know any other way to put it than it's terrifying. And um, so the case gets closed. He's like, I'm not going to pursue it at this point, you know, just uh, messing with it. But the bank. By the, the detective closes it. Okay. Right, right. And the bank clears some of it. But this guy still, well, he had things like his mortgage didn't get paid one for one period. That's a problem. Right. You know, so that, well, you have $8,000 taken out of your account when you've just been paid and you've got to pay yeah. your bills. Yeah. That, that's a month's worth of money for most people. Right. That's like everything for the month. Right. Um, uh, and so, like, it actually went into a negative before they started trying to pay things out of it. Right. Um, so he, the, the bank does eventually release most of the money, but there's still a hanging amount of about $2,000. And I've had to talk to the detective just in the last 12 hours saying, hey, will you call the bank and say that, yes, this amount, y'all, are, y'all aren't pursuing, they can release it and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that'll clear it up. Um, but the guy's still terrified. Of course and he he's is. worried about his mom and he's now obviously I would sister. imagine. Right. I don't think yeah. that's going to help the uh if they get together for Thanksgiving, I don't think it's going to be warm and fuzzy. You know, I've been I've been really upset at my sister, but you know, she's done stuff that like, you know, when we were kids or something. Right. You know, or she's not particularly liked one of my outfits and has let me know about it. Well, I do that to you on a regular basis. Well, I get pissed at you too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, good god, man, like <laughs> talk about like out of nowhere, I mean, and, and for, you know, taking, to like, splitting, like, just creating chaos, right, in mom's life and brother's life, and for what? Like, she think mom has, like, some huge estate that she's got to get her claws on, but right before mom passes, or, you yeah, know? it's it's truly terrifying, right? And, and all it takes is, and, th- and, and this is one of those cases where um, it's part of what you and I don't like about, like, a DWI. Right, it's an opinion case. It's an accusation case. Right, many many criminal cases begin with an accusation that may or may not really be able to be substantiated mm-hmm. with any corroborating real evidence. But you can end up with a lot of headache in the meantime. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and the, uh, oftentimes too, you know, a lot of our police officers who I complain about on this podcast a lot. Um, but they are, I know, but they're, you know, it's not, I I will give them this. It's not an easy job. They are under a microscope a lot of the times. Um, yada, yada, yada. You know, I've got family members who are cops. Um, and and we talk about it all the time whenever we all get together, uh, just how, you know, difficult it can be and thankless and all that. But, but because of that, they're not really doing a full investigation on some of these charges and just submitting it down the line for a DA uh, or, or whoever's next to make a final determination, right? right. Kind of relieves them of responsibility yeah, so in, on in, it. In this situation, I don't think it ever left the detective's desk. And I, it sounds like the detective did a, did the right thing and, and really looked at the facts of the case on this and said, hey, I, you know, there's nothing here. Right. The detective, and, and I've told the detective, he said, I'm closing out because I can't get anything from the the... Any person who's making the allegation. They're not even contacting them back, huh? Right. Wow. And I've said, well, if you do, before you move forward, let me know. I said, we've got lots of documentation. He said, I'm aware. He said, it's why I'm not moving anywhere unless they bring they bring me more than just 
this accusation. Is there is there anything that he can do to look into them on, you know, the fraudulent? I think at this point we want to make sure he's your your client is clear. Right, 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 right. And then no, I mean obviously that's number one priority. But then we, I, I think there, I think there could be some fraud. I, th- I I don't know if mom really would know. I don't know the mom well enough. I know that part she's slipping. Yeah. But would she know? You know, hey, I'm. You know, you don't have a power of attorney. We need to update your medical power of attorney. And mom go, yeah, right. Yeah. No hesitation because if someone signing those documents, what do they have to be? They have to be competent. Competency is always what? It's always assumed. Sure. You have to prove incompetency. That's what I was thinking was it's always assumed. I was just waiting on you to answer it. <laughs> letting you give a chance to demonstrate your skill in this field. Thank you. Yep. Um, and so if mom is standing in front of two people to sign a document and they ask the basic questions to prove, you know, hey, mom really knows what's going on. Mom, what day is it? Well, it's Friday the 13th. What month? It's October. Who's the president? And she says Trump or Biden, probably. So they, they, right. Depending on, depending yeah, on who you now. ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, if, and if today they ask, who's Speaker of the House? And she said, I don't know. Well, neither she does anybody be else. Right. Because, yeah. right. So she can actually answer some of these questions in lots of ways. Sorry. Um, I, that, that's a, that was inappropriate to me. I'm sorry about that. What was um, inappropriate? <laughs> I don't know. We can introduce a little bit of politics on this podcast, my friend. Be, I was trying to be humor. It was. It was. I thought it was funny. Right. I thought it was funny. And Winston left. Yeah. So. Um, so basically, you know, normally it's like, what day is it? Do you know where you are? Do you know who the president is? Do you know what you're signing? I'm signing a uh, medical and a durable power of attorney so that my. You think random car toys employees or whoever these people are. Will I think be able to have asked those questions? All right, I, I doubt those things happen. My guess is they were given twenty bucks and said, "Hey, will you watch this?" Mom, sign here. Yeah, right. Um, so I've had I've done a few of these when I w- before I was doing exclusively criminal defense for people who were kind of on that edge, and we recorded those events. Yep. Right, because we knew there could be because that's a best question. practice. Right? Yeah. Uh, unless you have somebody who walks in your office and they're like, hey, you know, I'm healthy and here's what's going on in my life and I need to do a will and all these things. Sure, great. But if there's a question, record it. Save it. It's not going to hurt anything. Have people you know and trust sign as the witnesses, not random people. Right, who actually give, like, their their actual address. Oh, man. Well, right. that should be make it easy for the, to find them later for Yeah, especially if they actually, you know, because car toys, people stay there forever. Um, it's a great company to work for. I, hey, I've used car toys. They did some cool things with a car back in the day. Um, <laughs> I don't have any experience. I'm just saying um, we're not disparaging anybody. No, with no. the deep pockets. Uh, but it but it becomes a becomes a real problem, right? You know, could you really prove that mom didn't know what she was signing? You know, did mom know what she was signing? Is mom really okay? Um, so this poor this poor guy has. Fear of going to jail, not knowing if mom's okay, not knowing if she's getting her dialysis. Yeah, and it and was coming at him at a hundred miles an hour, and I mean, truly, he was scared out of his mind. Well, and good for you for not for not charging your clients, because you know, honestly, there's not much for us to do other than, hey, you need to start uh, telling, the, you know, you need to tell the client, hey, you need to start gathering the documents, be, you know, starting your defense, 
um, you know, as far as like you, you, you can't really, you know, you're, you're not, the, the bank's not going to listen to you to say, Hey, freeze up these things. Right. I mean, they're just not going to do that because you call them. The detective may not even talk to you. I mean, this sounds like this detective was on the straight, uh, you know, on the, right. on the level and was, you know, willing to discuss this stuff with you. But a lot of times, how many times have we called detectives and they've never called us back, never I, answered our calls? I've actually received police reports that end with attorney, and attorney is in, is in quotes, mm-hmm. Andrew Decker called, closed case, re, uh, sent to DA. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have as well. Um, <laughs> and you're like, wow, thanks. But, you know, every once in a while I do talk with a detective and they they give me the... They give me the lowdown, and we've been able to work something out prior yeah. to. Generally, Seems like that's what worked out in this case. Yeah, generally, if I'm reaching out to a detective, I'm trying either to give them some evidence right, or to say, please let us know because we're making ourselves amenable. We don't want this person to be arrested at work or 3 a.m. where it's really dangerous. Yeah. Or whatever. We want to. We want to. I'll tell the detective, we want to meet you halfway. We're let not running. Know. Yeah. We'll show up. We'll turn ourselves in. Um, yeah. So it's always fun when they just kind of go, eh. Right. So. I mean, you can always ask them about it later on the stand, and I do. Yeah, you but would. Whatever. Um, so yeah, so that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, that one hopefully will resolve itself good. Yeah, that one I think okay. is very close. I mean, we're down to the point of just releasing, well, a couple $2, thousand dollars. $2,000, yeah. All um, right. Uh, so you have one. You had one a year ago. Yeah, let, let, and it was kind t- of tell us about that one. similar. It, it had to deal with, which, uh, with an agency that we don't really see too often, the Adult Protective Services. At least I don't. Um, you know, there. Uh, this guy calls me from Florida, um, and immediately I start thinking like, okay, what didn't a guy in Florida do, right? Um, but he, he had a really interesting story. His dad um, w- was – APS was involved – with his dad who's living in Texas because they think he was like abandoned and unable to care for himself. And he's like that. He was in the care of a family friend or somebody, right? Like dad had recently started going downhill. And so APS was involved, calls the son in Florida and they are just like, Hey, look, we're going to open a case uh, regarding neglect. Um, And he's like, well, this is the first I'm hearing about this. I speak to my dad often and he's not said anything to me. And so son calls me and he's like, what, what, what should I do? And my first question was, is there any kind of court order? Is there any kind of court case? Have they filed um, and gotten a judge to sign like in, in order to produce or to appear at a hearing or anything like that? And he's like, no, they just called me out of the blue, said they are starting an investigation. I'm like, then there's no reason for your dad to stay in Texas, move them wherever you want to move them, which is in, you know, Florida with you, you know, a Texas adult protective services may refer it to the Florida system, in which case like contact a Florida attorney. Right. So anyways, my guy sends, you know, brings his dad uh, to Florida, sets him up in a nursing home near him. And sure enough, Florida APS calls him. Uh, and they say, Hey, it looks like your dad's now being taken care of. And I don't see any neglect. Seems like you did the right thing. We don't have any case here. And then Texas turns around and closes their case. So, you know, I didn't charge this guy either. I didn't really know what to do. I just knew there's no legal reason for, for him not to be able to take care of his dad wherever, you know, he lives. Um, and, and so it's just kind of interesting how, 
you know, when we are reviewing these cases as attorneys, the road ahead may not be very clear, right? And so right. You, you really have to like think about, okay, why why wouldn't, even though like APS stuff is not really in my wheelhouse, why wouldn't they be able to to stay uh, or, or to, to leave the state of Texas? And I frankly just don't, I didn't see any reason why. There's nothing in the law that says he has to stay if there's, if APS just kind of reaches out without any formal investigation or order to to investigate or interview or anything like that that we see with like CPS cases. Right. So that's my story. Um, and I didn't charge this guy. I mean, there's nothing really that I did at all. Right. 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 So occasionally I get phone calls out of Florida. Yeah. Right. To my office. Because right. <laughs> ironically, there is another Andrew J. Decker. So there- who's an attorney, (laughs) who's actually now a judge in Florida, Andrew J. Decker III, a judge in Florida, um, who, just in case you want to know, if you just look him up, he also has received a, uh, in 2017, received a six-month suspension as a judge from the Florida Supreme Court. Come on. But he he did civil law, and I've gotten three or four calls over my career for, you know, they'll be like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I'm like, I don't do civil. How'd you find my number? And they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm in Orlando, and, or I'm in Miami, and I'm like, you are calling the wrong Andrew J. Decker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I love that the judge with you that, that has the same name as you is now suspended by the Florida Bar of all places. <laughs> like, I would just think, like, anything goes in Florida, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, he's a judge, you know. So. Well, even, well, okay. Um, very, uh, very interesting. But anyway, uh, good you, anecdote. You said the phone call's out of Florida. That's why I was like, I wrote down Florida on my pad so I wouldn't I, forget. I have had a number of clients call me, uh, or, yeah, potential clients call me from Florida for cases from Texas, just because they were on like you know yeah, I ten no, or whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. These, these and, are Florida residents calling yeah. about a Florida claim. Anyway, I love getting those calls from Florida man because you know they're just going to be the weirdest stories <laughs> on their arrest here and you know in Texas. I had a guy who once was arrested in Texas. He was pulled over because he was driving. He was riding down the the highway. Was he riding dirty? Well, yes. Also, <laughs> but he was on an electric scooter, like you know one of those very small like battery powered scooters and the cops like you can't be on the highway with this like it's essentially like a bicycle a bike and he's like man i'm just i'm just coming from uh coming from florida trying to get over to arizona and he's like on this (laughs) you made it this far he's like yeah man my back is killing me Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right, so gonna, coming, coming it, back to our coming back to our topic. Okay, um, and just so you know, what was our topic? <laughs> uh, the Andrew J. Decker the Third in Florida goes by Andy. If you want to make it more confusing, because Mr. Harris, yeah, I go by Andy from yeah. his family, and I never do. Um, but moving on, that's so, so funny. So my, uh, my other case actually involves uh, Adult Protective Services as well. Um, I have a I have a client in this one. I'm I'm receiving payment. Um, because I'm diligently working, right. uh, talking to uh, prosecutors, uh, uh, appeared in uh, civil court. This one's uh, gotten further down the line. Yeah, than the this last one, one. Yeah. So, uh, military man. His wife uh, has a stroke a few years ago, right before COVID. Um, and so during COVID, when they won't let him go see her at the nursing home, he brings him home. He he brings his wife home. 
cares yeah. for her, takes care of her, does all the medications. Um, uh, and it's been now since before COVID that his stepdaughter, adult stepdaughter, uh, has come to see mom. So, so wife's biological daughter. Yes. Okay. Um, and now wife's biological daughter is claiming that he tried to suffocate mom, that he's abused her, neglected her, hasn't tended to her. Um, and the courts or, or the police filed the case, like took the case in, got a protective order. So the guy's now living in a hotel room effectively because he can't go home. Um, and we had to negotiate and it was terrible the protect because they, they wanted to make it a permanent protective order. We negotiated it down to 10 years. Yeah. With the provision that he he's able to carry a weapon when doing military work, because the law enforcement exception wouldn't have applied. And, and so, so is he is he an older guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a, but he's, he's a career military man. Oh, okay. Okay. Career military. Right. All right. Okay. Um. Uh. So 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 you agreed. Right. So so that which is interesting to me um, that we you know I. I don't want to disparage police officers again. It's not the purpose of this episode. We'll save that for next episode. Um, <laughs> but, but we like police officers in that in that instance in this same situation would not would not have had to worry about carrying a firearm. Right. Military who oftentimes have way more training. Right. Are not subject to that. Yeah, and this guy's high enough up that he doesn't normally carry a weapon, but still, but still has, still would have access, right? Still would have to train. So part right? of the agreement for the protective order is what then is that he is able to to bear a firearm when connected to his military duties. Okay, and then what does it also protect? What what conduct does it protect against his wife? Can't go within two hundred yards. The normal. That he was, can't act, he can't see his wife right because they're saying that he tried to kill her tried to so, smother her so where is she she's in the home she he, went back to the nursing home oh he's she's in his home uh-huh. and he's elsewhere right he's basically oh staying god. in a hotel oh my god yeah who's with the mom uh her daughter daughters moved in and grandkids and some free housing yeah yeah it's it, and this poor guy is terrified. They've made claims that he, while in other places, um, and reported it to, to JAG, that he may have tried to, that he sexually assaulted her while she was in this uh, indefensible state. The mom. His wife. Right. Not the stepdaughter. Okay. Right. That he tried to rape his wife. Jeez. Um, and a few other things. And so far, everything's been closed out. Right? Yeah. So... Except for the smothering? Except for the smothering, which hasn't officially been closed out. Right. But it hasn't been officially filed either. S- right. So I'm trying, you know, the next step is we want to get it no build. We want to be able to, to, and basically we're now collecting up these from the JAG office. There's no, no, no grounds to prosecute, you know, no grounds. Right. See, uh, adult, 
Adult Protective Services has said we have no reason to believe there was neglect or abuse. Right. Right. Yeah. And to bring all these things in and go. So where's the credit? This is going to go directly to the credibility of your witness. Right. Right. And with all this done, we need to go back and talk about that protective order again. So one. Okay. Right. So once. One, uh, my, I'm confused. So break it down. So the case has, was he arrested? He's uh, never been arrested. But no, no, been, no, no. He has been arrested. Cause okay, because we he did a walkthrough. He yeah. did a walkthrough. It has been referred to the DA's office. And yes. so it has like you know they they kind of do this preliminary it's been, thing. It's been assigned to a court. But it but it's not been indicted yet. So it's in that pre-indictment phase. Right. So you've been talking with a prosecutor, trying to reach out to him. Every, yeah. every, every new set of grand jury prosecutor, I, right, I reach right. out and they're like, if we get to it, we'll talk to you. Gosh, that's so frustrating. Right. Um, and, and, and I think they're looking at it going, what, what do we do with it? Right? So, so this is something we've never really talked about on the show before. But when we talk about indictments and representing your client pre-indictment, you know, I guess you're gathering all these documents for a grand jury packet. Yeah, very likely. Well, I'm hoping that the DA... Uh, that I speak to, or the right. assistant DA, will look at it and go, I'll recommend a no bill. Right. right? Uh, yeah. And sometimes that happens. We've had that happen sure. where they go, you don't need to. But if they don't, I'm going to ask to either put together, present a packet or to give me 10 minutes. Yeah. And they don't. They don't like that. They don't they like that. Do it sometimes. They would rather have your guy testify and then you can't be in there for that. But right. But uh, but yeah, all right. So you know, in your jurisdiction, defenders out there, if you have a case on pre-indictment um, that you know is about to be presented to a grand jury, don't don't uh, don't just sit and wait for the indictment to be returned. Oftentimes, a grand jury is going to indict just because they're hearing one-sided evidence. If you if your jurisdiction lets you present packets, like give the give a packet of information to a grand jury, go ahead and do that. You'd be surprised how many times a grand jury is going to no-bill a case because they're like, yeah, I don't want to ruin this guy's life or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or, right. hey, we have serious questions about the reliability of this witness, as in your case. Right. So so don't be scared to do that. Call your, call your grand jury prosecutor or your elected and just see, like, hey, you know, can I, you know, I'm going to put together a packet or, I, you know, God, I don't know if you'd ever want to put your client on and testify for a grand jury. You have in the chicken killing case. Um, no, no. Well, that, that wasn't that, your decision, but yeah, he that, did. Yeah, they, they called him, and he went in and talked to him, right? He didn't Gosh. have counsel at that point. I have Anyways. represented someone who was brought in to be questioned at the grand jury. Yeah. And I sat out in the hallway, uh, but they were not the uh, interested party, but they were... Um, so they weren't the defendant. They were just some some other some right. other connection. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so, so hopefully this turns out... So you get... If you get a no bill, meaning... The, the the criminal side is not it's not going to be pursued. What what do you think is the next step for the protective order? Well, then I'm going to go back to the attorney for the protective order who's in the same office, right, and say, "Look, oh right, these are the things we need to go back and talk about that protective order because obviously we could not speak at that point. We right. were trying to prevent a permanent, so we agreed to ten year because he had to have you know they." Because this woman is now um, uh, uh, disabled, right? Right. She's physically disabled, so they were worried that you know he would be he would 
be a, an imminent danger to her. She wouldn't have any ability to get away. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, I understand their thinking. But if you don't have enough to move forward, do you really have enough to stand on a protective order? But we couldn't really say anything at that point because all, you know, at that point it was, if you, if we, if we say the, the judge is going to sign the no, the no, uh, uh, firearm provision. Right. So we had to have an agreement where this guy could finish out his military duty. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm thinking about like it, what, it was, what the standard of evidence is on a protective order. And I think, you know, we've had Deandra talk about this before. I can't remember if it's preponderance or probable cause, but a grand jury's standard is probable cause, which is really, really low standard. And so if a grand jury no-bills it, how, how is there going to be enough evidence to meet the standard for a protective order at that point? Th- that's kind of my point, right? And if JAG, yeah. if Adult Protective Services has closed their case with no finding, JAG closed a case with no finding. Yeah, they're super unprofessional, though, those JAG officers. Yeah, those JAG officers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I would trust whatever they sent um, over. I would like to speak to my cousin who was a who's a retired JAG officer and say that she is very professional, and I greatly appreci- her, appreciate letting me work with her occasionally. I hope she does not think that I just despaired. That was, an, that was a joke for comedy well, purposes. I, I, well, I'm just, it may be a joke for comedy purposes. I got to. I have a family gathering in a couple of months, and she's going to be there. Well, you can direct all complaints to me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's, you can find them at andrewharrithlaw.com. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, so hopefully are, that works out, yeah. Yeah, these, these are terrifying cases, and basically they're, bl- they're, they're from family members who have been distant and decide, I don't know if it's a need to be a hero, if it's animosity if it's hoping to you know rebuild a bridge or to tear down a bridge but the accusations are terrifying and people that have never been in trouble in their whole life are suddenly sitting in attorney's offices going oh i do well uh yeah that is that is terrifying i think i think maybe a little bit of like hey i need to get back on good graces with mom or dad or whoever or thinking there's money and yeah there's money money and and this is one way to to do that i mean it's it you know money money is terrible especially like end of life issues it just really splits families apart oh i've seen it in my own family yeah yeah it's terrible man well um yeah well good luck on that good luck to your client on that uh he's in good hands you know i i trust that you know what you're doing and uh well, that's on the record now. Yeah, most uh, of the time. It's most of the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, what do you think is going to happen this weekend with football? Uh, well, SMU won last night. Oh, okay. It's right. really all that matters. That you're wearing your SMU SMU I'm, shirt. I'm so. wearing an SMU shirt today. Good. Go ponies. Yeah, they're they're predicted to win the uh, American Athletic Conference before they leave to go to the uh, All Coast Conference. I think my high school won that one year, the American Athletic. Yeah, Conference. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> Next uh, week, I think SMU plays the uh, the something school for the blind. It's weird. <laughs> DeVry University online. Yeah. <laughs> the online campus. You know, I, I'm not even sure the Aggies could beat them at this point. Well, we won't talk about that now. Anyways. All right. So, um, for Andrew Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. And for Andrew Decker, I'm Andrew Harris. Y'all be good. Y'all be good.